The stage is set. The goats have been selected. Near and far, they'll be on their way. To the big stage in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Before they make their big walk. Ringside sits down to talk with their breeders. To find out what makes these special goats worthy of the big stage. So listen in as we turn on the spotlight that'll make these goats shine so bright. Welcome to Ringside's ADGA Spotlight Sales Special Episodes. What's up, everyone, and welcome to Ringside. I'm John, and as always, I'm joined by my fantasy football fanatic, Danielle Caroli. What's up? How are you? I'm doing great. Just wonderful. Everything's fine. That's how I'm going to start the episode. Oh, well, that sounds lovely. Yeah. Super positive. Keep it positive. We, uh... We got like four inches of rain in the last 72 hours. Well, 48 hours because it stopped raining yesterday night. Uh, And so rain mixed with parking on fields for a football game and then added in a hockey game the next day. It was just it's like this is ushering us into the season and it's fun. Yeah, no, I gotcha. I had a work event that was supposed to be outside that got moved inside, thankfully, because it was downpouring. And now we're just dealing with a little bit of mud in some of our pens, but nothing too crazy here, I guess. Can't really complain too much about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? It's the weather, right? But we, uh, we're moving forward. We're breeding goats and I've got one that is coming in and should be ready by tomorrow morning. And then that'll leave us with two goats left to breed. Look at you. I think two. Yeah, you're probably at two. Yeah. So we're we're, we're killing it. How, how's it going over on your uh, end with the farm? So we have... Third of the herd bred, a third of the herd with cedars in, and then a third of the herd that if they don't come into heat in the next couple of days, they're going to get a quick cedar. Because I came to the realization the other day when I was bringing the buck back and forth to see the does that if I were to put cedars in, I wouldn't have to check and see if anybody was in heat. And so I wouldn't have to drag the Nubian back and forth from his pen to the doe barn. And life would be so much easier. I wouldn't have to change my clothes before I got Mm. into the car coming home from chores. I wouldn't have to shower immediately after I got home. And it would be so nice. But I haven't done that yet. I feel that. I really feel that. We uh 
I've been, I shouldn't say we, Tierney does not go near the Bucks, but uh, I've been walking our yearling Ozzy up back and forth, and I almost sent him to the meat man the other day. Oh, I was so close. I was walking it, and usually he's a complete gentleman, and I, w- I was in front of him just walking up to the barn, the doe barn, and he was following me, and all of a sudden I hear, boo, 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 and he uh, nudged the back of my knee and knocked my knee out from underneath me and I almost face planted and I was mad. Oh, I was mad. That's why you're not supposed to turn your back to a buck ever. It's, he's just a little yearling and he's a complete gentleman, but he was, there was a doe in heat and he probably could sense it and smell it. So he was all worked up. Oh. It is what it is. At least he's, he's not a huge newbie. And I mean, he's like, I don't know, a buck. 40 buck 50 maybe yeah that's a little different from mine especially we're using this as training camp for the yearling buck and he's very good at going with me to the does but coming back it's a fight and so we're working on it by the end of the year if i don't cedar my does and keep bringing him out for heat checks he'll walk like a gentleman but it's a process yeah yeah, for sure. You know, you got to get like the big prong collar for those big guys. Yeah, or you know, just drag him and drag him and drag him. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> Danielle, there's uh, not much for ad good news this week, right? I don't think so. I think everybody's just gearing up for convention. I know a lot of those year-end reports are listed on the Adga website, but all that news will kind of, we'll have to start dissecting it, any changes that are made after convention and the board of directors meeting. Just, I don't know, be patient, District 3, calm down, that kind of stuff. Uh, I guess we're going to move right on, Danielle, to the Spotlight Sale special edition shows that we're doing for the Spotlight Sale at convention. And today... We are joined by Amanda and John Hansen of Hansen's Hideaway Farm from the great state of Washington. This dynamic duo keeps a small herd, but don't let the little guy status fool you. This year at the Adga National Show, they prove small herds can do it all by winning the Nigerian Dwarf National Champion with their gorgeous doe, GCH, Hansen's Hideaway, BV, Candy, four-star milker. Today, we'll learn about the Hansons, their farm, the national show experience that they had, and their spotlight sale doe Hansons Hideaway Reese's Take 5. Welcome to the show, Amanda and John Hanson. Hi, John and Danielle. Hi. How's it going? It's going great. How are you guys? We're doing great. Thank you so much for having us. We appreciate it. I've wanted this episode to happen for a while now. I'm glad we were finally able to make the stars align. I know you guys were sick, but now you're back at it better than ever. And for everybody that's listening, can you tell us a little bit about yourselves and and your farm and all that? Yeah, definitely. We're back at it and doing chores again. (laughs) (laughs) What a joy. (laughs) Um, So our herd, we started uh, in 2015. Um, I had 
recently gotten out of the military and I went down to California and I was staying at my parents' farm, uh, helping them out with their heirloom produce. And um, John decided to buy some property up here in Southwest Washington. So we're just outside about 45 minutes from Portland, Oregon. Um, and while I was down in uh, California, we were talking about um, getting into goats. He told me, oh, yeah, I love drinking milk. I could drink a gallon a day. I was like, <laughs> oh, cool. You know, I grew up, um, my parents raised Toggenbergs and Alpines when I was younger. And they did the show scene. And um, I just remember trying to run as fast as I could away from the old mean uh, Alpine doe. And, you know, I ran faster than my sister. You know, she would have bet my sister. <laughs> so um, I thought it'd be cool to get back into goats again. Um, Remind me of that if we're ever around a bear. I'll have to, like, hold you and you can pull me out. Because <laughs> you're definitely going to run faster than me. Decided, okay, you know, we'll start with goats. Um, that way John can have his gallon-a-day milk. <laughs> Sidebar, I still don't get a gallon a day. <laughs> <laughs> so we looked into well my friend uh at the time um it was actually my cake decorator she was uh Lorna was talking about how she had her little uh Nigerian dwarf herd um so I thought that'd be cool you know to I'll buy one of her little babies when they're born uh in the springtime and then we'll bring it up to Washington state uh so in the meantime I just kind of perused the old Craigslist and uh, found a doe. So we went out to the farm and um, I actually didn't like that doe. Um, another doe was following me around with gorgeous blue eyes and just such a sweet personality. Um, so we decided to go ahead and buy her. Um, and basically uh, that was Milky Way. And we brought home Twinkie from California and they pretty much started our herd and are the um, two dam lines of our foundation herd that started it all. Um, Literally the drive, like her first drive to see ever like come up to our first house together. Well, first half period. Um, we picked up one goat Twinkie in California. She rode up, she was a little tiny gorgeous little cute thing and she didn't like being in a kennel so she rode up on my chest from southern california all the way up to our house here and then along the way we stopped in oregon to pick up milky way so yeah like from the minute she moved from california she's been doing goats so sight unseen on this house or like virtual i you, saw it you saw it but she had never set foot on the property yet nope. and <laughs> The goats uh, and her arrived at the same time. Yep. <laughs> there, that, that's that's a lot of trust right there. It's a good relationship, and so far, it's lasted this long. <laughs> <laughs> we have we have similar tastes, and you know, as most people with first homes or first farms that are affordable for first gen, like because we're the first generation doing. But we're trying to build our own farm up here. So it's sort of a first generation farm starting everything. 
um, you know, we're both have similar taste and we, you know, she just trusted that I'd do it right. I took pictures. I took, you know, FaceTime and stuff best that we could do, but. Yeah. yeah. So she wasn't going in completely blind. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. And then shortly after that, it started the crazy goat adventure. You know, two goats leads into a whole herd. I got to say, it's really cool to see uh, a, a herd start so small and, and build yourself up the way you have. And and the cooler thing is, you know, you guys, like you said, you're first generation here. But I noticed on your farm page that you guys really pride yourselves in focusing on milk production. Can we talk about that for a second? Uh, well, I'm still trying to get my gallon a day. <laughs> <laughs> you get it. <laughs> I know, but it's um, I like it a lot. It tastes so, it tastes, I, that was one of the weird things is I was like, she grew up on it and I was like, what does goat milk taste like? And at first time I, from the very first time I tried it, I was, you know, I've liked it better than cow's milk. It tastes a lot like it. And I've just, I've liked it. I loved it from then on. Yeah, we wanted to, I figured, you know, if they're dairy goats, um, we should focus on, you know, production, especially, you know, we only had the one dough and milk Milky Way at the time. And uh, to feed John's addiction for milk, I wanted something that was going to provide a lot. Um, so I would do my own um, milk weights, AM and PM every day until 2017, I started DHI which was so much easier than, you know, weighing your own milk every day. <laughs> I mean, we only had one or two in milk, but it was a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, she, she before she joined or did anything just for her own knowledge, she weighed the milk morning and night of every single goat for like three years. So along with that, once we kind of, you know, started getting more serious about it, um, I started focusing on bringing in a buck um, that would add production um, and also, you know, the correct confirmation. Cause we always, my thought process was, um, you know, they're dairy goats. We want them to produce milk. And if they have the correct confirmation behind them, then I would think, you know, showing them should be easy. Uh, they do the easy job for you. Um, so we looked into a high production goat or a buck to bring in. And I kept looking at the top 10 list and I was just on Aga genetics nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> That's the gateway drug right there is Aga genetics. So you can do some serious deep dive in there. Yes. It's such a powerful tool. I mean, mm -hmm. hats off to Gene, you know, for doing this for everybody. I want to back up really quickly and interrupt you because I just I am curious when you made the switch from doing your daily weights to the once a month milk test were your averages of final production tracking similar or were those numbers different in the end kind of did you at by any chance look at that to compare it? Uh, they were pretty similar. Um, I was, you know, tracking the milk weights per day. Um, twice a day. Yeah, twice a day. And then, you know, get a total at the end. Um, I mean, mind you, it, 
be awesome if I had her still today. Cause you know, our maintenance was nothing like it is today. <laughs> so, you know, she wasn't on, we didn't feed any alfalfa at all till, um, rhesus's second lactation so our does were doing their high production on just local grass hay and back then you know facebook um it wasn't really a big thing back then so you know when people did talk um you know on the groups you know i'd take notes and it was trial by error does this work did that work and i didn't have a mentor um I mean, I had close friends, but um, more so they focused on showing. And so um, I was kind of off by myself, you know, trying to experiment with uh, the production side of it. I mean, that said, she eats, sleeps, breathes goats, like for ever since we started, like it's her, her passion and she you know she didn't have a lot of people around here that were close that she could ask a lot of questions to so she just like a sponge anywhere and everywhere she could find any information she'd research it yeah i the same <laughs> i have that same sickness uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, what year was it that you guys said you you moved uh up uh we started in well we bought the house in 2014 14 and then uh started the herd in 2015 okay yeah so i I lived at the house for like six or eight months before she did no i was just i was just curious what the time frame was that we were looking at here yeah the goats and i we came up in the uh spring of 2015 there was it was a starter home i had to replace parts of the floor and doors and so i didn't want Mm -hmm. her in that can you guys and I want you both to participate because I want to, I want to hear what your guys' ideals are, but can you describe to us uh, your ideal uh, type of goat that you guys look for, for your, for your herd? We have consistency. Um, I like the long lean necks, um, the high at the weathers, um, that angular wedge shaped, um, just tremendous amount of body um a big uh mammary system that's you know held up well and uh that's productive um all of our does they're big girls um i would say they're anywhere from 75 80 pounds up to about 110 pounds um and you know our doe that's 110 pounds payday uh she's just long she's big but she's very long and she hides her weight well i think at one point when she was pregnant with quads she tipped the scales she had five quads or quince i don't remember but she tipped the scale at like 130 135 yeah but Um, with that she was still moving around just fine oh yeah and um to me you know the general appearance a good set of um, feet and legs. Um, It's important because that's what's gonna hold up uh, that longevity to milk well, be productive into their older years. Um, We've got, you know, little Twinkie. Uh, Unfortunately, at two years old, she tore a tendon and it didn't heal quite well. 
So um, she's right now on her third lactation. Um, she's eight years old and uh, she's right now at 968 days in milk. And um, our goal is a thousand days for a uh, little Twinkie. Her goal. That's my baby girl right there. I want, I, you know, I want the longest that she can go without being bad for her. But, you know, dad but wants to be proud of his girl. With the, you know, the tendon, you know, from two years old. Um, she's holding up really well. Um, we just chose not to breed her. That was her last kidding just because we, went, we didn't want the added extra weight. And um, but she's still good on her feet and legs otherwise and still moving and getting around. Um, so it's important to us. Really amazing. And also something that's really interesting. And I don't feel like a lot of people in the Nigerian breed do that extended lactation and push those does to see what they can do and how long they can go and how productive they can be and can they maintain a steady production. I mean, I particularly in Nigerian dwarfs, there's so many people. And I mean, I feel like in that breed, in that breed specifically, there's so many different management styles and you have to do what works best for your operation but so many times we're not seeing these long lactations. And so the fact that she's, I mean, I know a thousand is going to be the milestone, but she's almost there. Just give her a couple more days <laughs> and she'll get there. And just to have that milk record and particularly when she does have that injury is just, and you know, there's so much feet and legs mobility that goes into that milk production. And just knowing that there is a mobility issue, but she's still going is just a true testament. It is. And it's been a nice, long, steady lactation. Um, I mean, we're only milking her once a day, but I mean, it's been worth it. I mean, she was holding steady for quite a while between like 1.7 and two pounds. Um, which is pretty, I think it's pretty good, you know, at um, 850 days, 900 days. Um, yeah. So I think that's amazing. Um, and we like to, you know, do the long steady lactations. We always milk to at least 305 days um, if we can um, before their next kidding. Uh, there's some that we've gone to 400 days at, Xantara, she's been in milk for uh, 500 days and she just finished uh, earning two grand champion legs to finish uh, at 500 days in milk. Wow, that's uh, awesome. Testament, you know, the, and she's still milking. <laughs> she's still going strong now, you know, even after um, the show and, you know, extended lactation, she's still milking strong. Um so, and it's important to us. Um, when well, she still looks good, even if you take her to a show that's far away. Well, all the, all, I mean, all the does do, but, uh, you know, even with 500 plus days or, well, I suppose it'd be 500 days when we were showing her, um, she would still feel really well. Yeah. We had LA the next week and at LA, she got a, uh, E E E E 91. That's great. <laughs> like, yeah. you guys I, had to be pretty happy with that 
I was ecstatic because I was like, oh, great. You know, she's been in 500 days. She's been, you know, uttered up for that show. And, you know, I hope she bounces back. But she did it, you know, within a week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was that, that's ridiculously awesome. Like, that's so, that's so cool. Yeah, I'm and, proud of our girls. <laughs> and John or Jonathan, what would you say is one uh, or how would you describe your ideal? So let me start off by saying I didn't even have a goldfish as a kid. Um, this, all comes un- <laughs> this all comes under the heading of what a, a, a guy will do for a pretty girl. Um, she bats her eye <laughs> and she gets more goats. Um, I love her very much and she's really talented. So um, I'm, I'm just trying to learn along the way. So I, you know, she's the brains. I'm just the eye candy, you know, and the, and the labor. But I'm, I am learning things, and she is teaching me and talking to other people. Um, I, I, to me, I kind of I like the, like I like Payday, I like Reese, um, mainly because they look like they're built to handle. Well, pretty much all of our goats are built to handle like the milk load, uh, like the. I'm not. Maybe I'm not saying it properly, but they look good and functional. And they're like right. have the longevity that it's not going to hurt them later on, you know. Like they right. can for a long time. There's uh, a lot of dairy strength there, and you know, you know, basically, they're the opposite of frail. They're able to handle the demands that you guys ask of them. Yeah, and I mean, when they're when they're fully uttered up, they don't they don't look as uncomfortable as I've seen. You know, other goats who are lighter with very large udders. I mean, I, I don't know. I, that's just, it's a nice am- balance. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just an amateur, of all of this stuff. So. You just said, uh, yeah. <laughs> the things I generally look for is I just, I try to handle them all. I, I, I don't even like biological stuff, but apparently <laughs> they love having babies when I'm the only one around. Oh no. <laughs> So I've caught many babies while gagging. Just like, oh, oh my god! But you, you know, it things can happen. Babies can die if you so you just push through, right? Um, but yeah, I've been there to catch them and help raise them, whether we keep them or give them to other people. And I just tried to handle them from the second they're born to whenever. And I, I just love cuddling them. I like them for the personality, and I try to make sure that they know about the humans and the humans love them. Oh, we love that. We love the the supportive spouse because too often you hear about spouses that might not be as supportive of the other's herd or dream or whatever, but to hear that you guys are really a, a tag team in this, that makes it even cooler. Yes, it's it's great to have a support system. And I ha- I have to mention my dad. Um, because he's also the one that comes down here when I go to my showcases and he's right here alongside John helping, you know, to milk the girls, do all the farm chores, bottle feed. And he'll show if he needs to. And yeah, he's shown too. He'll show up to a show and put on his whites and get out in the ring. And he's also done, you know, cross country trips with me to go get goats for, for our herd. So awesome. yeah, he'll do tag team driving day, night, day, night, you know, so he's, he's right there helping out. I, we couldn't do it without him. 
That's great. I, I love that. When we're talking about your guys' breeding program, you know, we obviously in the intro, I mentioned you guys have a smaller herd. Uh, so you have to kind of call harder when you try to maintain a smaller herd. And it can be tough. So uh, for At me, I know I've got. Yeah. So for me, I know that like I've got pet peeves that if an animal has it, like, yeah, you, you got to go. Like whether it's a trait or maybe personality thing. Uh, are there any pet peeves that uh, you guys have when you're looking at animals that you need to like cut down to meet that happy number? Um, I mean, actually, in all honesty, uh, there isn't too many goats we've had to cut um we've just slowly we started with the two goats and we just did it real slow um i think you know the first maybe two years uh we never kept a kid out of a first fresh well no we did keep uh milky ways two daughters um cookies and moon pie Yeah. yeah And then after that, the following year, I think we sold all the, all the kids. Um, but it was pretty much just kind of keep one or two here. And I think I can, there's only a handful of adults that we've sold. Um, and even those weren't really, we were, they were great goats. They're great does. Um, we just wanted to help out our friends, um, bless them with our success, um, give them a leg up. And we knew um, if there was um, a time that they needed, they needed to get out of goats or do anything, we knew we could get them back. And, you know, that wasn't an issue. Um, but we've always just kind of retained real slow. Um, and, um, and we have gotten some back that, Yes. And, you know, we're, we're always welcome to give our, you know, the babies that we birthed, bring them home and take care of them again. But since yeah. we kind of focus on production, um, now we've kind of set a goal that, you know, we like our first fresheners to at least peak in the four pound range. Um, by second and third freshening, uh, we like to see that they, you know, peak, you know, within the five or close to five pound range. Um, and we want them to perform well in the ring, too. I think that's a lot of show homes uh, goals and you know pr- production herds as well. Uh, I just got to ask Danielle a question real quick. Danielle, yeah. are you getting hungry right now? Because these names are making me want like oh, some candy the- and yeah, like a big tall glass of milk and some candy. Yeah, I'm set. Like, are you getting hungry too? Um, No, but only because as we were prepping for this episode, I made myself a cup of hot chocolate. So my uh, chocolate uh, kind uh, of, you know, fix. fix is has been satisfied for the night. So yeah i'm <laughs> just i'll suffer alone yeah you can suffer alone <laughs> i i love i do love that you guys kept a theme because i have tried many a times and like kept a theme in your naming and this is just a tangent but i have tried many a times to keep a theme and it just falters very very easily but it's very obvious that you guys are on top of your game as far as that goes <laughs> 
Yeah, it's always fun walking into the ring and oh, here's those candy names again. <laughs> well, and the a bit of a story behind that is her sister's two goats were named after candies. Um, and then Milky Way was named after a candy. And her so sister. Our first three goats basically were already candy names. So it kind of just started, you know, the theme for and, the farm. And the first name that popped into my head when I saw Twinkie was Twinkie. Because she was gold with the white belly band. Yeah, so yeah, we just perfect. we kept we kept we started and kept it going. We haven't stopped. And how perfect with Twinkie because there's always that joke that they never expire or they just last forever. And here she is with this extended lactation, and it's the exactly, same thing, right? I never thought of that. Yeah, no, yeah, very true. <laughs> I just had to. I just had to check to make sure that I'm, I'm, maybe some listeners will chime in and say that their stomachs are growling too. All right. <laughs> so, kind of, I guess, speaking of growling, we'll just kind of transition. And you mentioned it briefly, but for you on your farm, especially now in the present day, what does your current management program look like? What kind of feeds are you feeding? What tell us about that, please. Yeah. Um, so right now we're, we moved our, uh, farm to another piece of property. Um, we have now 24 acres. Uh, we're still work. It's always a work in progress, but we were able to build a barn how we wanted it. Um, and especially here in the Pacific Northwest, it's always raining. That was, that was actually my stipulation because this piece of property here, uh, it was just a house and a little like shed. Um, we knew it was going to be hard work from from the get go because uh, we had to do th- everything. Um, mm-hmm. And I said, "Listen, if we move to this new place and we're starting over, I don't want because our old property had like five different little barns for each animal. I was like, I want to go down the center aisle, feed, water, and not have to deal with the mud. I want to be able to take wheelbarrows out of stalls. Like I don't want to deal with the mud. Smart." we were able to build a barn um, so that way we can house and segregate the goats. Um, so we've got our milker area. We've got a baby pen, several different baby pens with runouts. We've got the bucks uh, that come into the barn and we've even got um, our, we call it general population, but it's basically the yearlings or amp or um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's yeah. You know, we've got some, we've got a couple of weathers that have been around for since the beginning almost. Um, and so the weathers are out there with GP. Yeah. Um, and so we basically uh, we feed our general population. Uh, well, we'll start with the milkers. Milkers, they get um, alfalfa. They get orchard, uh, and we do it. We feed it twice a day. So we don't have any feed waste. I collect all the stems or anything that uh, is caught in their little feed trough. And I take that every day um, back over to the our general population. So that way they can get their nutrients in the alfalfa and orchard. And that way there's no hay waste. Um, it's all gone. Um, and then that way we have minimal hay waste and we're utilizing a whole hay bale. Um, our bucks, they're fed um, right now because since they're in rut, they're fed an alfalfa. 
but during the springtime and summer, they actually prefer to go out and graze and browse. So they just kind of get a local grass hay. And usually it's mm-hmm. for days because they'd rather go out and graze. Um, our general population uh, during summertime, they get a, just a local grass hay. Um, they get the off cuts or whatever the milkers don't finish. But they also prefer a lot of grazing and browsing during summertime. Um, our babies, they'll get alfalfa in the orchard. Uh, up until that spring of the next year, just to keep them healthy and strong over winter time. Uh, as far as grain on the milk stand, uh, we do our, we mix our own grain and it's just, uh, we keep it simple. Um, oats, barley, boss. Um, Split peas or cracked peas? Yeah, peas and alfalfa pellets. And we just right. try to keep it as simple as possible. Um, everybody that walks into our barn says they're spoiled because they get hot water in the winter time. <laughs> we do that every night. Listen, they get hot water. <laughs> there's also a bit of a story behind that too. The first three or four years that we lived here, we had to bucket the hot water from the house a quarter, like I don't know, eighth mile down to the barn, and we got tired of it, so we put a hot water heater in the barn. With a long good head. shoulder workout though <laughs> that's not what you're thinking when you're walking them down and it's like snowing in your face <laughs> yeah that is true that is true <laughs> let's talk about the elephant or should i say nigerian in the room let's talk about your national show experience from this year because you guys had one heck of a year it's been an incredible year <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Um, I mean, we, so I attended nationals to watch in 2019. And at that time, there was no way I was competitive because our first two years uh, showing, I only attended like two shows a year. And if you look at Milky Way's pictures, her poor little pictures, I didn't know how to set up a goat. (laughs) So I knew, you know, I couldn't be competitive, but I wanted to go see what it was all about, see these gorgeous goats in person. And then, you know, I thought maybe if I was good enough, maybe I could attend, you know, four years later, next time it's on the West Coast. Um, So we were excited, you know, when it was coming to Redmond, Oregon. And um, we picked out pretty much, you know, everybody that had done really well in the show ring, and that was um, a finished champion. We brought them with us down to Redmond, Oregon. And um, I went with the group of uh, uh, families that were also showing and we all just helped each other. We were all supporting each other. Yeah, getting in that ring, it was it was nerve wracking, especially with those large classes and spending hours yeah. in the ring. <laughs> it was a long, long day. Yeah, just a, just a little bit. They're a little large. They weren't too bad, you know, but it's fine. <laughs> there it's was like definitely handling small goats. Well, there's definitely tension in the barn. Her dad and I, they went because she was so, so busy. Like she just went radio silent. We're like, come on, I hope, I hope, I hope. Yeah, I had my dad down there helping out. Um, And then with Candy's age class, I had three. So I took buttercream, which I'm the only one that can show her. Um, She doesn't like anybody else touching her. 
And I handed my dad uh, Violet Crumble um, because she was the easiest to show. And I handed uh, Jessica um, candy. And I said, here, you know, show this goat, please. And she had no idea who she was showing, what her udder even looked like, nothing. <laughs> she went in blind. <laughs> But um, she handled candy like a champion, oh, you know, obviously. But <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was shocked, you know, when they did the first rounds and Jessica was walking candy. I was like, no, no way, really? <laughs> when she was up there and, you know, placed in that first uh, place ahead of class. And I was just shocked. Um yeah, it was it was really awesome. They called they they called and told me, and I thought they were pulling my leg. I was I was calling BS. I was like, no, nah, don't mess with me. That's not cool. Don't don't I do mean, that. And I had to have like three different people call me and like listen. It was finally when she called me. It was like, hey, dude, or hey, John. You know, we won. Like, actually won. I was, yeah, I was really happy. Yeah, it was funny. You know, in the lineup, um, I went ahead and I showed Candy and. Uh, she was just done and over with it. She would not stand still. She was just being a little brat. And I was thinking in my head, I was like, well, great. There goes that opportunity. Thanks a lot, Candy. And I was just trying to focus on getting her to stand still. And she was just so done and over it. And um, when the judge had said, you know, our grand champions, the black goat, I kind of had to look, you know, real quick to my left and right because I was like, yeah, I saw you. no way. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I realized, oh, wait, I, I'm the only one that has the black goat. <laughs> and I was just shocked. I just couldn't believe it. Um, I'm still shocked to this day. Every time Candy gets up on the stand, I'm like, here comes our little national champion. And she knows it now. <laughs> but man, it's still it's it's still like sinking in with her. It, it hits her. Occasion, like the gravity of it hits her occasionally. Um, Cause it's just, it's, you know, pretty unbelievable. She went, Cause if you go to nationals, you know, my whole goal was just to make the top 20 cut. That's all I wanted. Well, and <laughs> in the very beginning with Milky way, um, we really just did get them for getting milk during, you know, for morning breakfast and coffee. And then a, comp a competition was close to us or a show was close to us. And she's like, you want to try? I said, sure. And then, in, you know, one reserve champion first show was like, okay, well, she's hooked. <laughs> and so she went from that first show to here, like in a, uh, you know, I think a remarkable time frame. It's just, yeah, very yes. proud. That's, it is remarkable as all get out. And especially the fact that uh, Nigerians, every show is competitive right like there's always a bunch there and especially nationals i mean it's a huge show so for you to do that and with a homebred dough yeah that's, that's pretty impressive yes yeah that's even bigger for us because it was a homebred dough um and i've loved candy you know from when she was born when she came out i was like you know just in awe of her length of body and just her body capacity she was just a gorgeous little doe um and she easily you know finished i normally i don't uh show first fresheners um but i showed her as a first freshener and she finished uh her permanent champion that year with ease it was it was really amazing 
You gotta love a dough like that. Yes. Has this experience made you want to hit the road like for every nationals now? Are you like completely hooked or are you still gonna, you know, make sure it's like a manageable drive for distance away from the farm? Well, I'd promised um, most of my grand champion girls that I was going to give them the year off. Um, like Candy wasn't even going to be bred until she, you know, went ahead and just won national champion. <laughs> <laughs> so she's back on my breeding list for this fall. But um, I decided, you know, I wanted to give the other girls a break because this is going to be our one of our biggest breeding years. Um with the nine first fresheners and I wanted to save my sanity. So I decided to, I'm just going to milk through most of the finished champion girls. So next year we're going to take a break um, as far as, you know, attending the nationals, but we do plan uh, on attending nationals in 2025. And so this, I mean, I want to jump into your spotlight animal, but with what you just said, I'm assuming that makes this spotlight animal just that more special based on the fact that I'm su- assuming there's not going to be kids from her dam next year. No, Rhesus, um, she'll be taking a break. So, yes, um, it makes our spotlight sale doe uh, take five even more special. So do you mind introducing her and telling us a little bit about her for all the listeners. Yes. Yeah, so we have um, our spotlight sale doe, Hanson Hideaway, Reese's Take 5. Uh, her dam is uh, Superior Genetics, uh, Grand Champion, Gladi Acre CC Reese's. She's a three-star milker, uh, VEE90 elite doe. Uh, in 2021, she was top 10 breed leader, uh, number three in butter fat. And her sire is a uh, fifth generation grand champion, Hanson Hideaway BV Marshmallow, uh, star B, VEE90. And um, his sire, uh, champion Cedarview Benvenuto, uh, is the sire to the 2023 national champion. So um, take five is a uh, maternal sister to grand champion, a uh, candy uh, who scored a EEE 92. Um, and then she's also a full sister to grand champion Hanson Hideaway MM Fundip, four star milker VEE 91. That's a packed pedigree right there. And I just, I love the fact that she's just such an elegant looking doe. Um, and, you know, the her dam is, you know, a 90 doe that looks like she's going to milk for a long time. And you posted, I think it was maybe two or three days ago, um, kind of like a, a family tree. And just to look at all those animals on one slide, it was like just the consistency between them all was pretty awesome. Like they're all very strong in dairy strength, 
and wide and deep animals that still have that elegant femininity with great feet and legs. I mean, it's really cool to see that in one shot. It was, it was really neat kind of making that family tree. And then um, once I finished kind of stepping back and actually looking, you know, at all the pictures together, it's like, wow, you know, this is our small herd. This is what, you know, we've built. It's, um, it's pretty amazing. Um, you know, we started with Milky Way and, you know, she was the Milky Way. So there wasn't a lot of data. There wasn't a lot there to her. But, you know, I look at her family tree and the foundation she's created and what she's passed along. Um, you know, we had Cookies, uh, <clears throat> the daughter who was VEE90, Grand Champion Almond Joy was VEE90. And then uh, the brother would be Champion, you know, Marshmallow VEE90. Um, you know, they all scored 90s and they're excellent. And then, you know, they're producing kids that are scoring high productive um, does. Uh, it's just, I'm proud of, you know, how far we've come. And we've, you know, done all that work to prove them out. It shows. Also, it shows that gold is very dominant, by the way. Uh, <laughs> you, like a couple of our friends of the show, love gold, it seems, because you definitely have it in the herd. <laughs> <laughs> very dominant <laughs> yeah I, I call them golden girls <laughs> <laughs> although the issue we had it was last year's kids there were nine gold ones <laughs> john didn't know who was who <laughs> we had to put collars on them because i genuinely i was like which one which one yeah it's a problem tyler ramirez who's listening right now thank you for all the fun Yes, John Hansen and John Kane have the same problems when it comes to showing gold animals that you're not super familiar with every little different detail that they have between them when they're all in the same pen. I totally get it. Well, Almond Joy had triplet does. They, two of them had a white dot in the exact same spot on the right side. And the third uh, sister had a white dot, but it was on the left side. Oh, and no. that was the only distinctive feature. Oh, and then one was cold. And that was the only way. Yeah, but one, you know, <laughs> once you do the, 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 the spudding, like they're all, it's not like anybody's got horns. Yeah, it was really difficult. Well, the nice thing about gold goats is that they're super easy to read their tattoos. Because I've got a Guernsey Oberhasley cross in my barn, and she's all gold. And man, you could see that thing a mile away. So that's the one good thing about them, for sure. I agree. <laughs> well, and I mean, it rains up here, too. They they stay the, like, they look the cleanest for the longest, like between baths and, and washing them and cleaning them, I think. Absolutely. Uh so moving moving on here with uh, take five. First of all, there's a story behind why she's in the sale this year. Can we uh, talk about that story for people that might not be aware? And and maybe if she when they go to Tulsa and see her, the fact that she's in bubble wrap, they'll kind of get the idea why. And the hammock, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a safe spot. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so we had actually talked to John and I earlier this year because we, you know, thought we were 
doing really great, you know, with the top 10 dough. Um, we've got nine uh, finished champions in our herd, seven of which are in our own herd name. And um, we've pretty much, we've retained all of uh, Rhesus's does. Um, we even have a set of brothers in our herd um, that we like so much. We just kept them both. Um, so we have, we haven't let go of her genetics at all. And um, yeah, there's not many out there. No. Um, and unfortunately, uh, one of Candy's littermate sisters, um, she went to um, a pet home and it broke our heart <laughs> because of the nice uh, genetics. So after that, we kind of vowed to just kind of retain all of Reese's uh, uh, does. So that way we can prove them out ourselves. Um, so earlier this year, we had talked about it, you know, maybe uh, nominating a spotlight sale because uh, Reese's has always had quads or quints. And when she popped out twins, we were like, I went in there <laughs> two or three times and tried to find the rest of the kids. I was like, no, this can't be happening. <laughs> <laughs> And thankfully, they were both does. So we were very grateful for that. But um, we just kind of like, well, you know, we'll put on the back burner and we'll just retain the two because um, we were hoping for more and maybe, you know, nominating one. Well, and we were planning on keeping them because we were going to take the year off. So, right. So, um, with all the success we had at nationals, um, we were approached, you know, about nominating. Uh, spotlight sale uh kid so we talked about it again and we only had i was leaving for a fair so we literally only had two days to make a decision uh fill out the paperwork and get pictures um so we couldn't decide uh who we wanted to nominate uh we had appraiser look um at our two does uh, we even had uh, judges looking at the two dolings and everybody said, you know, they're both phenomenal. Um, they couldn't really decide. They couldn't pick one. You know, they said, well, if I pick this one, you know, maybe next week it'll be this one or, you know, kind of mm -hmm. vice versa. So we just submitted both of them. We're like, well, we'll just let the committee, you know, decide. <laughs> and then uh, the committee came back. <laughs> <laughs> and they say, well, we'll accept both of them. You make the decision. <laughs> <laughs> Makes it nice and easy. <laughs> yeah, right. No pressure. Um, so we went ahead and we had uh, originally nominated uh, Rhesus Big Cup. Uh, Big Cup was just a little bit more friendlier and outgoing. Um, so we figured it'd be much easier for her uh, to get into a new home and uh, situated. Um, so we had nominated big cup and then I don't, was it a week later? I don't remember, but, um, I was in the stalls cleaning at night and I heard this horrible scream. And I mean, I was there within, you know, a couple of seconds and there was a spotlight sale though, hung up in a toy and right away I already knew her leg was broken. Um, so John was just on his way home. Uh, so we had splinted it, got her and 
I swear she had planned this because it was Sunday night. Um, Monday, I had already had a vet appointment um, for our dog's surgery. So when this happened, I was like, well, I guess you're going on a ride. Thankfully, I'm already going to the vet. Right. <laughs> Showed up with the the little doe with big cut at the broken leg. <laughs> and our, our vet's awesome. She worked her in. Yeah. So they just took her in and they worked her in between clients. So now we have um, Reese's Take Five. And uh, she is our nomination for the Spotlight Sale Doe. Equally as nice doe, by the way. She was actually, Take Five was my personal favorite. I I liked her over Big Cup. <laughs> yeah, she, she she was actually, I mean, it was a very narrow choice, but she she chose Take Five for the keeper so that we, but, you know, things happen. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And and the, the problem is you use the F word, you know, favorite, like, that right? was it right there. <laughs> yep. Yes. <laughs> so when you were planning the breeding, uh, what thoughts were you thinking when you were, you know, trying to align Dam and Sire, and and why did you decide to put them uh, together to create Take Five? Uh, well, so Take Five is full sister to Grand Champion Fundip, uh, and Fundip. She's been a really amazing goat. Um, she's one of my favorites. She's so easy to milk. Um, she's one of uh, our highest production does. Last year, uh, she milked over 1,300 pounds with the 98 pounds of butterfat. Um, she's just like her dam, uh, Rhesus. Um, they're just so easy to show. They do all the work for you in the show ring. And we actually, um, Rhesus, she loves to show. It's her favorite thing in the world. And we actually call it the Rhesus Shuffle because she's that doe that will walk and show off uh, with a high head. And she walks so slow. Yeah, she, she, <laughs> was, she was a grand champion princess before it was official. Yes. She knew it. Nobody else did yet. But she was going to show them. So it was a Reese's shuffle because we had this long line and you couldn't hurry her up because then she would throw a fit and attitude. So we just had to go with the flow and do it Reese's way. Um, and Fundip was almost the same way. She had that little shuffle, took her time and wanted to show off for the judge. And, you know, with the uh, head held high and she was so proud of herself and, um, she finished her permanent champion uh, as a three-year-old second freshener uh, after attending only two shows, which was great for her. But I mean, I miss showing her. She was so much fun because um, it was easy. Um, all of Marshmallow's kids, they've been so easy to show. They, You just take them in the ring. They set themselves up because they're just so correct on their feet and legs and with their placement. And you don't have to do anything. You just sit there and smile um, and uh, they would win. Um, and on my side of it, they're the sweetest. They will come up and want loves and cuddles and hug. like they're so social. So showing, you know, fun dip, I wanted another fun dip. 
so I could go back in the show ring and show again with them. And, you know, for also that high production. Um, so we had planned to do another repeat breeding. Um, and both of the does that came out, they're just absolutely gorgeous. Um, so we were really excited for their full potential. And so what do you think that potential is? What is something that your spotlight sale nominee brings to the table for anyone looking to add her to their farm? I think she can be a great foundation doe for anybody that's maybe looking to start uh, showing or that wants a very productive show goat. Um, like, you know, our, well, and, and the, our the, goal has always been, you know, a productive dairy goat that shows well. One is built to handle it. Um, she's got, she'd be a great addition, you know, as uh, to any herd. Um, she's got a solid packed pedigree uh, with all the high, excellent scoring uh, LA scores, the high production. Um, most of them, I think, you know, into their second lactation, they're all over a thousand pounds in milking. That's most impressive. Of them, but, you know, uh, their second freshening, they're, you know, peaking at five pounds. Um, and it's exclusive opportunity to own a Reese's daughter since we uh, pretty much retain all of her daughters. Uh, they also, they do, you know, excellent in the show ring. They're easy to handle. And Reese's, is, she's always produced, you know, better than herself. So I think there's a lot of potential for her. You definitely love and appreciate a doe who in every right is you know a gorgeous animal who's super powerful super deep still has that dairy strength even with that power and that elegance to her and then you know that forerunner and rear and production that is crazy like reese and so to have an animal like her that can produce even better that's an awesome animal to have and they are. We love all of our Reese's uh, kids. And we've got two more that are going to be freshening next year. And they're just super wide. And um, the other you know, nice thing about them, too, is uh, Marshmallow has put on, um, on as far as like uh, very soft, buttery, textured uh, mammary system. It's just super easy to milk. Um, he's also added like plump teats so if you're hand milking they're easy to hand milk and even if you look at you know uh, take five's pictures her teats are really nice uh big and plump and you know i love where they're set too so it's it's even a pleasure if you have big hands to milk yes <laughs> that's one of john's i guess that would be one of your pet peeves is small actually you know what that is something i would look for yeah my hands are larger than most and i don't like carpal tunnel was it when i had them and even with oberhasley or or the guernseys that we had uh it's teat size matters for those hand milkers out there like it's a thing and a lot of people hand milk so it's something to consider for sure especially if you're looking at adding an animal like this into your herd that has a lot behind her yes absolutely it's important and i also think Even if you're not, I mean, I am not a consistent hand milker, but 
I have sold does because I do not, and these are, these are just, these are the Nubians of, you know, standard size, but there are always times throughout their lactation that I am hand milking them, whether it's at a show or we lose power. And so when you're kind of trying to figure out the animals that you want to sell, sometimes it comes down to the management things and where is it enjoyable or not enjoyable. And so when you can't hand milk a dough and it's not fun, there's always those times that put those doughs on the chopping block because there's there's too many variables in dairy goat milking to make it, if it's not enjoyable to hand milk, most likely she's not staying. So I totally understand that idea of she has to be able to be milked well and easily by hand because it makes a world of difference regardless of what you do on your daily basis. Well, and part of that is, um, you know, we both had full-time jobs in the, in the beginning at the previous farm, we both had full-time jobs. It was three or three or four years before we got a milking machine. Yeah. It was a long time. So I, yeah, she was definitely focused on making the, the teats better in every generation can we take a moment to appreciate the cheer squad that you guys have hanging out in your barn for take five yes (laughs) everybody's getting excited and nervous and we're all gonna miss little take five even though they're kind of confined to a jail cell with no fun but (laughs) well so yeah there's support she's supporting and loving and cuddling her sister with the broken leg to help her get back on the mend um and then she's in that stall so she doesn't get hurt as well there are no like little tykes play toys in there we don't need another broken leg they do have access to outside oh yeah they have their they have a big run but yeah i don't yeah we checked it no holes no nothing (laughs) Yeah, yeah, padded walls. I get it. I would be doing the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, is there anything else that you would like uh, listeners to know before we close this out? Um, I mean, we're excited, you know, and grateful that, you know, Reese's Take Five was nominated into the spotlight sale. And we're excited to see, you know, uh, what herd she's going to end up in and for her to be utilized for her full potential. And uh, we're invested in our goats and, you know, we want them to succeed. So we're always available for questions. Um, we, you know, our girls were bred, you know, to do a job and their number one job here is uh, milk production uh, with longevity um, even to extended lactations. And I know right now, especially with the market, um, you know, everybody's complaining, you know, about selling goats. So, I mean, even if you wanted to take a year off without breeding, you still have the option to keep them in milk and have enough milk to supply you over winter and in, into another year. Um, well, and with that, I say I don't get my gallon a day, but that's mainly because the babies have been drinking it all. So um, <laughs> the nice thing is, is that they do produce enough that I still get cereal and I still get, um, you know, coffee. I just can't drown myself, but it's feeding the, it's fed to the babies. So it's a good cause. 
you know, our, our girls are strong milkers, you know, even after long hauls during COVID, we were driving, we, we didn't have any local shows. So we were driving to Montana, Wyoming, Utah, uh, Idaho, um, just to show goats. And we would get back home and they would just resume and go back to normal milking. Um, so they recover quickly after showing. And, and they would, they would win. And we at would those do shows. multiple shows uh, up here. We just have show after show uh, every, every weekend. Yeah, every weekend. And they, uh, Reese's would be dragged to the shows and, you know, she would recover <laughs> quick and still. Which is amazing. I mean, you, we did like Montana, then back to Montana and she still, you know, you didn't really see any problems with the milk. No. Production. Yeah, that's a nice quality to have is to be able to take the animals to shows and compete and not have to worry too much about them going stale. You know, maybe give them a little extra alfalfa, help them bounce back. But uh, yeah, for sure, that's that's an awesome quality. And I got to say, before we close this out, and one of the reasons why uh, we wanted to focus in on you guys um, from the get-go here is I just got to say the inspiration that you guys have given me for the fact that you're a smaller breeder that hasn't been in a ton of years and you still are able to breed the animals that you want, be competitive, not only on your local scale, but on a national scale and win. That's what keeps me going when there's days where it's like, why am I doing this? When everybody says small herds can't win big shows you guys proved it because of your hard work, your eye, your ability to breed goats. And from what this interview has shown me here is the love you have between each other to be able to have such a wonderful herd. So I got to say congratulations. But more than that, thank you for doing such an awesome job and representing all the small breeders out there with big dreams. Yes, I hope we've inspired other people and you know, keep living your dream, you know, uh, even if they're small, um, just keep at it, keep going. Um, you'll reach your goals eventually, um, no matter how big they are. And, you know, love the goats, you know, that to breed for, you know, if we had listened to what other people told us, you know, in the beginning, uh, we wouldn't be where we are, but we just kept going with what we believed in and, it's worked out. So. It has worked out for sure. And you guys are definitely living the dream. But for those that want to have a little piece of that dream, maybe you should bid quite a bit of money because she's going to go for a lot, folks. Lot number six, Hanson's Hideaway, Reese's Take 5, the Nigerian Dwarf Doe consigned by the Hansons from Hansons Hideaway Nigerians. Guys, thank you so much for being on. But before we cut you loose, we got to know where people can find you on the websites, Facebook, and all that good stuff. Yeah, um, our website is Hansons, H-A-N-S-O-N-S, hideaway.com. Or if you type in Hansons Hideaway Farm on Facebook, you can find us. And we're also on Instagram, uh, Hansons underscore hideaway underscore farm. Um, and any questions you guys have, uh, you know, we're pretty easy and uh, 
easy to get a hold of and talk to. So just send us a message. Well, and all these goats are our family. So we, we always try to watch out and keep up with them and, you know, I don't know, look after them even after they're gone. If we can provide any help, we can. And we also have a, well, a smaller YouTube channel that we'd like to do more on. Well, I love what you guys are doing, and I love both of your passion. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Danielle, if people wanted to find us on the old interweb, where can they find us there? You can find us at dairygoatpodcast.com. We are on Facebook. If you search Ringside, an American Dairy Goat Podcast, you can find us on Instagram, Ringside Podcast, and also on TikTok by searching Ringside Podcast. And you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, be sure to give us a review subscribe rating it helps a lot and we appreciate it thank you again to the hansons for joining us and everybody this has been ringside an american dairy goat podcast i'm john and i'm danielle and the road to tulsa goes on we'll catch you wednesday so you're telling me there's a chance Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast, is not an affiliate of the American Dairy Goat Association. All opinions or information regarding the ADGA does not represent the registry.